We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Josh Appel is with us. So he was on the call nationally for Sports USA for the Bills-Patriots game last week. So he has been very up close and personal with the Bills. And maybe you can give us a little idea of how the Dolphins can win this game. That seems unwinnable. Yes. <laughs> on Sunday, Josh, by the way, will be on the call for Sports USA for the UAB Louisiana no, no, no. Tech. No, not, not Sports USA. We're working for stadium. We're doing TV now. But thank you. I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> He'll be on the call for UAB Louisiana Tech on Saturday. That is college hoops. And you can catch that on a Barnes and Noble Nook, if you have one. <laughs> no, where do you? Where would one watch that, Josh? Uh, it's it's on Stadium, so you can go to Stadium.com, watch it there, or uh, sometimes the local Bally affiliates will will run it as well. It's a Bally set. I, we use all the same graphics as Bally. I think we're under the same umbrella. So, you know, mm, I don't even right, know where it's being broadcast. Right, you know anything? I about hope my U- producer's not listening. You know anything about UAB or Louisiana Tech basketball? <laughs> That I do know. That I do know, actually. I'm not do you so want certain. me to give you a little preview or not, no? Not really. So, <laughs> so you did the uh, you did the Bills Patriots game. How uh, how can the Dolphins win this game without Tua Tagovailoa? Uh, run the ball and uh, I, I, let me re- let me rephrase I mean, that. How can they I do mean, this without Tua Tagovailoa and Raheem Mostert? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, intercept Josh Allen in the red zone and force turnovers, which they haven't done at all this year. I, I guess would be my, my my answer that they got to turn the ball over. It's really their only chance and control the time of possession. I mean, they're, they're cliche answers, but I mean, it is it is the largest uh, point spread this weekend in an NFL playoff history during Wild Card Weekend for a reason. Um, I don't think I, I know Teddy's probably a a bit better prepared, and obviously the experience will help. But I don't think the drop off. As far as output between he and Skylar Thompson would be that big of a difference. We're like, okay, right now the, the expected starter is Skylar Thompson, so the line's at 13. If, if Teddy's announces the guy, maybe it drops down to like 11 and a half. Like what's, what's, the, what's the real difference there? So I don't know. I, I don't know what, what Saturday or Sunday is going to look like. Excuse me. Um, they've played two close games this year, but obviously Tua had played in both. The defense is going to have to create some turnovers they're going to have to get some kind of contribution from everywhere else in order to win this game. It is it is about as bleak of an outlook as you could get going into uh, one of these games. And I think even in 2016 when Matt Moore was starting that game in Pittsburgh, you could kind of talk yourself into it because you've seen Matt Moore play well at times. So you could talk yourself into it. 
This, I don't know. I'm just happy that and, and glad for them as an organization that they got in because losing the final six to miss the playoffs, which would have included a loss to Joe Flacco in week 18, would, would have been a, a much worse outcome. So anything from here is gravy. Good that they got in. We'll see what happens when they kick it off on Sunday. And, and, Josh, I do a lot of, you know, other radio shows and different things around the nation, and I contradict myself all the time about this game <laughs> because I say they can't make mistakes. They have to play a perfect game. You know the cliches about teams that are big underdogs. Oh, of course. Like, play the perfect game, get field position. But when I talk about the offense, they have to be aggressive. They have to, like, I, I'm talking about flea flickers. I'm talking about fumble rooskies. Like, they have to have some stuff up their sleeve. They have to be aggressive but not turn the ball over. So, like, which side should they be on? Should they be on let's play the cleanest game possible or let's go out here and, like, uh, McDaniel had a play earlier in the season we talked about. He called it effort, like let it fly. Should they have an effort offense or should they just play close to the vest and try to be close in the fourth quarter? Uh, I say effort. I mean, what do, what do you have to lose? Nope. The, the, the Vegas and everybody is telling you that you have no chance to win this game. So why would you approach it as if, all right, we're going to sit there, we're going to ground and pound against Buffalo in 20-degree weather on the road and hope that we could do that and beat Josh Allen? No, be aggressive, be creative. He is this uh, innovative mind offensively, Mike McDaniel is. You've got nothing to lose. There is no tomorrow. There is no playing conservative. Go for it, and he does it a lot during, during the season, obviously, that we saw, but take chances. Do whatever you can to catch them off guard. I mean, there is nothing to lose here besides the game. But there really isn't. I mean, you are the underdog's underdog on Sunday. I mean, there's no reason to not throw anything against the wall and hope it sticks, at least in my mind. Um, we had O.J. McDuffie on yesterday. We had uh, Arande on, on Tuesday. I asked him about the same thing, which is if Mike McDaniel is an offensive guru and they're shorthanded – and you know Buffalo can put up points, is this one of those games where really it is on Mike McDaniel to come up with some sort of offense, whether it's the effort offense, like you guys say, or the gadget offense? Like, is it on him to win this game on Sunday? I mean, it's such an impossible task for anybody. I mean, you put any head coach, maybe besides Kyle Shanahan, because he's got the Mr. Irrelevant playing quarterback for him, and he's still winning. But, I mean... What coach is going into this situation and can realistically be expected to be competitive? I mean, seriously. Third-string quarterback, not sure if your left tackle is going to play. You just lost your starting running back. Tyreek Hill has been banged up. Your entire secondary has been banged up the entire year. I, I, I don't know what the expectation would be for people who think, all right, you know, this is a referendum on McDaniel. It just – you know, you hope that he, he puts together a game plan that would help Skylar Thompson and play to his strengths, which you would assume being a head coach and a good one, that that's already part of his process. But I, I don't think that we're going to find out anything one way or the other as far as McDaniel's coaching ability. Maybe if he wins, we think of him differently. But, like, if they get blown out, like, that's what everybody expected. So, like, I don't know how, you know, one way or the other your opinion of Mike McDaniel can change that drastically, at least in a negative light, in my opinion. And, Josh, you covered that Patriots-Bills uh, game, the most recent Bills game. The, yep. the Dolphins have, like you're saying, we talk about Dolphins. I want to switch it over to the other side. The Patriots did score 23 points. Like, do the Bills have weaknesses? What should be that approach that we're speaking of? Because you said run the ball, but 
if they can't, with Mostert being out and Armstead being, you know, always dinged up, like, it, can, can they throw on them? What's the weakness of the Bills if there is one? Well, Ramondre Stevenson and Damon Harris were running the ball well on Sunday against them. Um, I, I think their pass rush, and I know with, with a banged-up offensive line, especially at tackle for the Dolphins, I'm not sure how much you can rely on this, but, I mean, since Von Miller got hurt, it's a very pedestrian pass rush from the Bills. Uh, they are near the bottom 10 in pass rush win rate since week 12. That was when Von Miller uh, had his injury. So maybe if they can protect Skyler and let some of these routes develop, they can get the ball into, into Waddle and Tyreek's hands. Um, but you know Leslie Frazier's going to come prepared. Uh, you know They've still got Jordan Poyer back there. Tredavious White had an interception uh, on Sunday. They're playing inspired football defensively, but we know – what Matt Patricia is as a play caller. We know that Mac Jones has his limitations. We know the skill guys for New England aren't exactly the best. And as you said, they still managed to put up 23 and had two really impressive length of the field drives uh, against that Bills defense. But again, it's because they were able to run the ball and they use a lot of play action, which is not something that New England had done before on Sunday. But the play action worked well for them. The running game worked well. It, it Honestly, it, it might just be as simple as coming down to can Teron Armstead play, can the guys who are playing stay healthy throughout the course of the game, and, and can the defense get a stop at some point um, and, and just kind of keep Josh Allen and the Bills offense just at bay because you know they're going to get theirs eventually. But uh, it just it, it's hard to see a path for this team to, to go up there and, and win on Sunday. But New England had a lead in the third quarter. They were up 17-14 before Naeem Hines' uh, second kickoff return for a touchdown. So they were in the game in the second half. They were in the game in the fourth quarter. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that run game and that pass rush is a bit vulnerable uh, for Buffalo. Josh Appel is with us. Um, it was a season of streaks, right, ups and downs for the, for the Dolphins. Um, did it meet expectations? Did they exceed expectations? Did they come in below expectations? In your opinion, you know, take away, I guess, the unless you count the streakiness of it as a negative, overall, they end up with an over 500 record. They go to the playoffs uh, year one of a head coach. Uh, where, where does it fall in, in, in the realm of your expectations going into the season? It's been such a, a weird season for them for so many different reasons. And the context, like I've seen a lot of comparing this to Brian Flores, and to me they're just not comparable just given all the context that we've seen happen this year. They are clearly one of the uh, better teams, better offenses in the AFC when Tua Tungavailoa is healthy. The bad streaks they've had this year, aside from the end, have been when Tua has been hurt. Uh, I know, Obviously he didn't play the last three games as well, but it's hard to get a real gauge on what this season is. On the surface, you mentioned over 500, they made the playoffs, first-year head coach, and you found out when he's healthy, Tua Tungavailoa can play at a high level in this league. So those were all question marks coming into the season. So when you look at it from that perspective, yeah, this season's been a success. But you asked me, in the middle of the season, right after the Bradley Chubb trade, if this kind of changes the outlook on, on what you expect for them to do moving into the postseason. And I said at the time, yeah, not winning a playoff game would be very disappointing. But now all that's transpired since then, I think you're just kind of playing with house money here. I think this season, given all the injuries they've had, especially at the quarterback position, especially in the secondary, I think making the playoffs, 
persevering through this really rough stretch at the end, um, I, I think it has to be looked at as a success while still knowing that, all right, <laughs> there are somehow still so many question marks. And I think, I don't know if disappointing is the right word for it, but uh, you know, you, you go into this season thinking, all right, can Mike McDaniel get to a to play at a level that can win in this league? That's not the RPO uh, constipated offense that we saw last year with no big plays, and they're just kind of trying to matriculate the ball down the field. He proved he can do that. Now the question is, do we have our guy because can he stay healthy? Is he durable enough? And I think that's an unfortunate uh, spot to be in because you would think that given the numbers he put up, if I had told you that before the season, you're all right, we got something here. But it's it's hard to feel confident in that position going forward. And that's no fault of, of, of Tua's. It's just the reality of the situation uh, that we're in right now. It's a mixed bag of a season. They had a winning record. They made the playoffs with the first-year head coach. So for me, given all that context and everything that's happened, it, it's got to be looked at as as somewhat of a success in my eyes. And and what big time players? Because even uh, McDaniel said, I want to say week thirteen or fourteen, he was saying our, you know, big time players aren't making big time plays. You brought up Bradley Chubb. I didn't see why they gave him a quarter billion dollars. But is there any other players that you just you think maybe took a step back or underwhelmed us with their performance this season? I, I, I hate to say it. But like Xavier Howard, and I know he's been dealing with a, a number of different injuries. But I mean, I I just think back to to the Baltimore game when he dropped the pick six when they were trying to make that comeback, and he had a clear shot at a pick six, would have walked into the end zone. And at that point, I remember thinking to myself, "All right, well, there was our chance. That was it." And he just hasn't looked the same this entire season. And when you know, you don't have Byron Jones back there. You lose Nick Needham. You're playing with an undrafted free agent in Cater Kohu, who's had a great year, by the way. Um, you know, it's – you lean on a guy like Xavier Howard, and I just don't think that he has performed up to the level that we have been accustomed to. And, again, I know he's been dealing with injuries, but, you know, that's just the reality of the situation um, with him. I think those question marks come on the defensive side of the ball. I think everybody on offense, you know, when Teron Armstead's in there, this this is who Teron Armstead is. If you're going to get 13, 14 games out of Teron Armstead, that's a success. He's going to play at a high level when he's in there, but you're going to have to deal with the injuries that he's always dealt with his entire career. Tyreek has been incredible. Jalen Waddell has had an amazing season. So I think all the question marks that you think, all right, are our big-time guys making plays – you got to look at the defensive side of the ball. This team, if you look at the yardage numbers and the points allowed, it's not that big of a drop-off from last year. But the big drop-off for the previous two seasons, they don't create turnovers. The the takeaways aren't there. And that was a big part of this defensive success the last couple of seasons under Brian Flores. And when you're not getting turnovers, this is what the defense looks like. And they don't look like as good of a team. And, you know, I had a friend of mine make the comment a couple of games into Bradley Chubb's tenure here. You know, Bradley Chubb is so good at getting just close enough to making a, an impact on a play without actually making an impact on a play. He's me. Like, he's always kind say, of That's there. how you earned all your game balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was the king of a quarterback pressure, Josh. Aronde I mean, could, could not believe that crowd – because I didn't know this, but the player gets to decide what appears on their game ball. Yep. Right? So <laughs> they, they award you the game ball – you know, and then it goes to the graphics, and they write your name, and you're allowed to put whatever stats you want on there. In fact, 
Crowder put HNIC on all his game balls, which if you know, you know. Pac, what does that stand if for? If you know, you know. Um, but, <laughs> but on his game balls, it's got quarterback pressures. And, and he was showing Aranda the other day these game balls, and Aranda's like, why would you put quarterback pressures? <laughs> I came just close enough to not get my hands yeah, on the Josh quarterback. Said, still affecting the game, though. Mm, that's what his friend well, said. See, I believe that's what his friend said. Well, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, quarterback pressures can affect the play. What I'm saying about Bradley Chubb is he gets just close enough to maybe affect the play and affect the quarterback without actually doing anything. If I have to watch him rush around the outside and get behind the quarterback and have him step up and make a throw, like that's what I feel like he does every every time he's he's out there on the field pass rushing. Obviously, that's an exaggeration, but still, I mean, his metrics probably look good. He's been explosive, but I, I think he's been a disappointment since. You they just you kind of expected to see him, him whipping around quarterbacks, is what like yeah. you you just exactly. like you know twirling them around like they were helicopters. When you give up right. a first round pick for a guy yeah. and then re up him for five yeah. years, two hundred plus yeah. million, yes, I want to yeah. see something crazy but, happen. But at the same time, you know who's taken off? I know he was having a good year before Chubb got here as well. But Jalen Phillips' game is really elevated. So I, I do wonder how much of Bradley Chubb being on the other side has opened things up for Jalen Phillips to have more success. Um, Hawk, I actually have a question for you regarding game balls. I um, can't wait. We saw again in uh, Mike McDaniel's post-game locker room speech uh, that he yeah, was giving yeah, yeah. Uh, a game ball to everybody in the organization. If you were in the organization but not on the team, what would you have put on your game ball? <laughs> Strangely enough, HNIC. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good conversation yeah. at yeah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I <laughs> hey, Uncle Mark, what does that mean? Well, gather around the menorah, kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, I'll end it on that note. There you go. Josh Appel. Josh Appel will be on the call for Stadium this Saturday, UAB Louisiana Tech. I don't even know what the team names are. The, the Blazers and the Bulldogs. Like a dragon-looking thing for UAB. Is it a dragon-looking thing? Yeah, that's the logo, but they're the Blazers. Yeah. Hmm. Really? Yeah. So why, why do they have a dragon? The Blazers shoot fire out of the mouth of a dragon. Blazer, ah. fire. You know. I, was thinking, I was thinking of Solana's blazer that he was wearing to work today. That was kind of all ratty and stuff. Can, can we talk about Crowder's luggage? Uh, if you want, uh, sure. He bought a carry-on luggage. You travel all the time, Josh. You are constantly on mm -hmm. the road. Would you ever just kind of scoot-scoot uh, through the uh, terminal sitting on a piece of carry-on luggage? I saw you in your Super Follower exclusive Thank hating you. on his – Thank you, Josh. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, hating on his carry-on scooter. I am all about that. Oh, yeah, I am yeah. all about that. Are you I've had a, me? I've had a sp I had a sto I, earlier this season I had a connection through Detroit where I landed at like gate 820 and my departing uh, connecting flight was going out of like gate A68. So I had like a mile and a half to run through this airport. And you know me, I look like an athlete, I think, but I'm not really an athlete. You know, but how fast do you think a carry-on luggage is going? Like, you think it's really a lot faster than I can it's run? Not, it's Consistent. absolutely not. Consistent five miles. Think, per hour. How much you weigh, Thank Josh? You, you got to be up there with Crowder. That thing you're weighing the thing down. It's got, it's got three tiny luggage wheels on it. Nah, <laughs> nah, I think it would get, it would get me there in time. I think. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. 
Solana, like did you it. want to add something? You always like to add something. Uh, we kind of moved on already, but the Blazers actually used to be FIU's school name, their their mascot, the Sun Blazers. Is that so? Yeah, before the Panthers. I did not know that. Why did you bring Did you know no that, idea. Appel? Nope, and I worked for this. I did, I did game. I was the voice of FIU for it. Because yeah, it was FIU no Golden Panthers for yeah, a while. Then before, they became the Panthers. But they were that, the Blazers? The Sun Blazers. Sun Blazers. I like that yeah, better my, than the Panthers. Me too. Yeah, I'm not so certain. And their mascot was was much better than a Panther. We've got Panthers everywhere. We have a Panther. Like the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like a little cute. What is a Sun there. Blazer? I don't know. What's a Sun Blazer? Uh, little words. Little wordy. Yeah. All right, there you go. So, Josh Appel, we can watch you on the stadium app uh, on Saturday. Stadium app, stadium website, all the above. And if you're in, if you're somehow in Ruston or Birmingham, I'm sure in the local Bally affiliate as well. All right, very good. So you're flying where? To Birmingham? <laughs> no, I'm flying into uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe. I'm driving to Ruston. Oh right, my goodness. Good. Have uh, safe travels. <laughs> and, uh, tiny. <laughs> you're flying into the tiniest <laughs> airport in the history of the world. Been to been to Buffalo four times this year. Now I'm going to Monroe and Ruston this weekend. It's quite the uh, <laughs> quite the life. It's luxurious this out. gig, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you uh, sit in the middle ever? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, actually, I did actually. Unfortunately, does the Do middle person? No, but does the middle person get the two armrests? If I'm the middle person, they do. So you just you just claim them? <laughs> absolutely. Even if there was an arm out there. Yeah. You kind of like finesse the other arm. Well, off. here's here's the thing, you you can take different parts of the armrest. So I can have my elbows on the part of the armrest that's closest to the seats, and the people that are to the back to the chair backs. The people who are on the outside of me, if I'm sitting in the middle, can have the front of the armrest, closest to the to the so they seat have to in front. Kind of of lurch you. forward. What are they sitting under the seat in front of them? <laughs> well, look, I'm sitting in the middle. Right. I'm already to this advantage. You have the, the the side of the plane to sleep on if you're on the window. And the aisle, you have the aisle. So, you know what? You could give me the armrest. He's right. right. He's right. That's the game plan. Plant your elbows to the back of the armrest and make the other people so uncomfortable having to lean forward to use it, they just concede so, and to then the you middle get the person. entire armrest. Yeah, that's the game plan. I was I telling uh, Solana and Crowder earlier, I'm one of the rare. I sit in the window, but I like to use the far aisle armrest. Excuse me? Yeah. Josh Appel, he will be on the call Saturday on the stadium app. Excuse me. Thank you, Josh. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.